Morning, bro. Thanks for your message. Um, yes, Ma had mentioned that uh, the two of you met up um, this week. Oh, hello, Maxi. He's coming, coming to say hello. <laughs> hello, Maxi Jacks. Hello, Maxi Jacks. Hello, Maxi Jacks. Hello, big boy. Um, yeah, she she mentioned that you. Uh, the two of you had met up and your disappointment, <laughs> your global disappointment with, uh, with dad, stretching back, stretching back to childhood. You know, it's kind of funny, isn't it really that, you know, I'm the one who, 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 who works as a psychotherapist. And although I, th- of course, you know, of course I, th- I, uh, I want to, I'm interested in talking to people about their childhoods and I'm interested in how our childhood sits in our hearts and minds. Um, uh, and, and how we think about, think about it and how, how it inhabits us and the ways in which it kind of, um, I don't know what the word is, haunts us maybe. I mean, as we're, as we're all haunted by the past. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly still haunted by the recent past, I would say, rather than the far past. But uh, with all of that in mind, you know, I, I do see more and more the stories we tell ourselves about our childhood as, as sort of more stories about ourselves now um, and or, or rather ways of ways of talking about ourselves now but we 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 get lost in um, in, in the in the past referencing and the past framing of that I don't know if you can hear Max. He's uh, he's doing a little scratch, and I'm trying I'm trying to record more of his little noises and things because I do I do love them. And uh, one day when he's dead, I'd like to listen to I'd like to listen to some of my my um, my time with him. And uh, I don't know. I'd like to be haunted by Max, but in the best way possible. Uh, there's this poem I learned a few years ago. I don't know if I'll remember it now. By um, <clears throat> W. S. Merwin. I know you're not a fan of poetry, but um, it's short. It goes. It, it's basically this translation he made of this one poem that the Emperor Hadrian wrote. It's this sort of poem that has um, really uh, I don't know um, fascinated. Um, talk about the past and our fascination with the past has fascinated uh, translators and historians and readers and human creatures for for a long long time it's like how did, uh, why what uh, what who's he talking about but anyway Merwin did this translation because he um uh after his uh after he one of his his you know beloved dog um, partners died 
and it goes, little soul, little, little soul, little stray, little drifter, now, where will you stay all pale and all alone after the way you used to make fun of things? I really love that. Uh, I really love that poem. Um, so anyway, coming back to you and Ma and the past. Um, yeah, you know, you, I guess, sort of holding all of this stuff over dad. Um, you know, you, I suppose where where I am with dad at the moment, I mean, you know, he's... He's my stepfather, but I don't have a relationship with my father-father, as you know, or rather he doesn't want to have a relationship with me. Uh, that's because he's an Enneagram 8, uh, needs to always be in control. Um, and, and, he, and, you know, he can't control me in the way that he needs to control me. Um, I forget I said that. I know you're not into the numbers thing. <laughs> Ma said, though, she, she did say to me, she did, um, she did say that, uh, that you're, you and Carla are somewhat frustrated by my, um, by my, I don't know, any, Enneagram, Enneagramitis at the moment. Uh, you know, I, um, I'm sure, I think lots of people are. But, but, but the, here's the thing, right, with, with um, and, and this has really helped me with dad, because, um, we just talk about personality. I'm sure when you know. I'm sure when you go to therapy every week, as you do, um, I'm sure at times you will refer to yourself. You'll say, you know, I'm the sort of person, or you know, what really annoys me, or I, or I mean, I'm sure you'll use those words, I and me, and and I think what we're doing there is we're we're referring to a coherent self, or at least a self that is that has some coherence in our minds. Um. And I call that the personality. I mean, Freud called it the ego or whatever you want to call it. I call that the personality. And when you refer to yourself, I, and when I refer to myself, I guess from my perspective, but maybe that's just the kind of mind I have, I recognize that there's a certain pattern there in yourself and in myself and in Milo's self and Maggie's self and everyone's self that, um, that has a pattern, that has a, that has a real pattern and and sometimes it's good to be able to see a pattern because then we can really see a thing for what it is. So if I'm walking along and I bump into a this thing and I'm like, whoa, how did you get in the way of where I'm walking? You know, like, why didn't you move out the way of me? And, um, and I get very angry at this thing that's bumped in, that I've bumped into or has bumped into me, right? And then someone comes along, and they say, well, just, just look at this thing. Look, look at what it is. And I'm like, yeah, it's this thing. It's bumped into me. I've bumped into it and it's bumped into me. And, and why didn't it get out the way? I, I would get out the way. I'm the kind of creature who gets out the way. I'm walking along. It saw me coming from 100 meters away. I saw it. It saw me. And, and it didn't move. It didn't move. It, it, what's this problem? And the person says, but this is a tree. Um, can you not see the pattern? Can you, can you not see the, 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 the trunk and the roots that go into the ground and the, this is a tree. This is a tree, Steve. It, it's, it doesn't move. It doesn't move. Right? You move. 
you move. You're flexible. It's rigid. It's a tree. It's, uh, I mean, it moves its branches, but you, you, uh, that's not good to you. You're, you're walking. You need to move. You need to move out of the way of the tree. The tree's not going to move out of the way. So that's sort of like a pattern. And I think in terms of how we engage with the world, we see patterns. And sometimes those patterns, and, and more often than not, if we're open to seeing patterns, uh, the pattern is a useful one. Um, in the, well, it's, it is. A pat- patterning is useful for the human mind. Um, and I mean, you understand this. You've done 10 years of therapy, right? Or whatever it is, 12 years of therapy. Um, you understand that patterning is useful for the human mind in the sense that if you are walking around thinking that trees are going to get out of your way, you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to be bumping into them quite a bit. Uh, and neither you nor I bump into trees because we recognize that they're trees and we, and I suppose I'm coming around to dad here because in terms of personality style, dad is like a bit like a tree. Um, I mean, in my, not my, but in this uh, pattern system, this per- per personality pattern system that I like to um, refer to, dad is a five. Um, I mean, let's just remind ourselves about the five. Okay, this is a very generic five, you know, it's, but, okay, so this is just from the Enneagram Institute. Fives are alert, they're insightful, they're curious, they're able to concentrate and focus on developing complex ideas and skills. They are independent, they can be fairly innovative and inventive. They can also become preoccupied with their thoughts and kind of imaginary constructs. They are detached um, and... They typically have problems, it says here, with eccentricity, nihilism, and isolation. Now, dad's a, dad's a more, you know, dad's a fairly healthy five, you know, he's not, he's not, well, he is relatively eccentric, actually. Nihilism, yeah, yeah, I've seen that in him. Isolation, now, I think the problem you have with him is his detachment and his isolation. Um, and uh, his detachment from you and not being the archetypal father, basically not being your therapist, right? Because, I mean, I don't, I don't know who your therapist is, but I imagine that he's kind of like a like a quasi father figure. He's the sort of the father figure you you've you always wished you had, but you never had in dad. I mean, we never had in dad, right? Because he's not that person. Um, but but you know, Ma was telling me about how your one of your chief resentments and um, upsets and hurts and and sadnesses about dad is that he didn't he he didn't like you know he wouldn't kind of like sit you down and tell you stuff about himself and his childhood and all of this stuff but the thing is once you understand the pattern right so let's take my father for example my father who is let's call it just call it the eight pattern right now if i say to my father hey dad i don't call him dad as you know i call him leon um lee uh, if i say hey lee I'd really, and I've done this a number of times in my life. I say, I'd really love to know about, because um, I know nothing. This is the thing. You you know some things about dad. I mean, we grew up with dad. And so we know some things about dad and his childhood and his, uh, and his um, family and all of these things, right? But um, if I say to my father, my biological father, dad's your biological father. If I say to my biological father, um, Haley, um, Oh, I'd love to know. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm really interested, for example, in finding out more about my grandfather, uh, Solly, who, you know, killed himself um, 
about a year before I was, um, uh, you know, before Leon's sperm got shot into uh, Mars' uterus. Um, and, um, you know, I've asked him lots of questions about Solly and, and he doesn't want to answer a single one of them. In the sense that he doesn't say, no, I'm not going to answer them, Steve. Um, it's just that, because, uh, you know, we kind of communicate a bit through voice note now and again. Um, he doesn't say, I, no, I'm not going to answer them, Steve. He just, he just doesn't answer. He just stonewalls me. Um, he just, he just doesn't, he just refuses. Um, and every message he sends me, he's very eight. He's very eight in this way. Um, sorry, this is the pattern, right? He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, well, I'm not, he sort of starts talking about something interesting and then he, and then he realizes, no, 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 I'm going to lose some power. power. Eight's all about power. They're about maintaining power and control and strength. And they can only do that by kind of not giving you what you want. If someone comes and they says, I want something, the eight will only give it if they can maintain their power and strength and control. Um, you know, you might know people like this, um, and it could be toxic and it could be unhealthy, but it could be healthy. Ace could be very healthy. You know, I happen to have a father who's somewhat unhealthy in, with, in this regard, because the one person in the world who actually gives a shit, who actually, you know, is interested in him, his childhood, his, um, his, uh, particularly his, you know, his father, his relationship with his father, uh, he just stonewalls me whenever I ask him in a really nice, polite, like, oh, I'd really love to know a bit about, and I ask him a few questions, and, uh, you know, if I get a response from him back, um, which I rarely do, uh, he'll just completely ignore anything, anything personal, and he'll just, I don't know, he'll tell me about a sandwich he made for, you know, lunch or something. But that's okay. I, I, um... I I know the deal. I know who he is. He doesn't know who I am. Although he's always telling me, you don't know who I am. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm trying to find out. But for you to tell me who you are, because you're an unhealthy eight and you need to be in control and you need to be in power and giving away information is losing your power. It's like Samson, you know, like you cut his hair and he loses it, uh, loses his strength and his power. Um, I'm like, yeah, but... Mm. I don't t say this to him because I know it would just infuriate him, but I'm like thinking, yeah, but Leon, um, the only way, yeah, the only way, because he says it as like he's like a slur, like you don't know me, you don't care almost, but he doesn't mean it in that way. That would be a four way of saying it. That would be, I'd be saying that like that, like you don't care. No, he doesn't, he's a body type. He doesn't, he's, but he's like, you, yeah, you don't know me. But he says it with pride. He kind of says it with pride because he, he doesn't want me to know him because he's withholding. He's a withholding type. And, uh, you know, as you know, I, um, yeah, I got, I got into a relationship. No surprise, you know, you go looking for people who are your, um, parents in some way I got into a relationship with a withholding type who I who I still feel a bit haunted to haunted by to this day um, because so much was withheld 
that um, anyway um, so but the thing about dad right and this and I, I understand this now because I understand now the patterns the patterns of people the patterns of the human uh, that's all it is I understand these things right you know if I if I and again we, we, we all understand this right if I said to you okay I've got a friend who's, um, I don't know, and I give you a, a bunch of kind of identifiers about him, you know, and you start to build up a picture, you start to build up a pattern. And, and then I say to you, what do you think, how do you think this person would behave in this situation? Now, of course, you're not going to be able to guess 100%, but I think you kind of know, like, let's take your friend, Andrew, I don't know what pattern he is. But I bet you if I said, if I gave you a situation, I said, how does, how do you think Andrew would, would, would behave in this situation? What would, what would you refer to the pattern? And you, of course, you would maybe say to me, well, that's, that's, that I call that pattern, Andrew, and no one else has that pattern. But I think if we were to not call that pattern, Andrew, if we were just give it a number, and write it all down and say, who else? Do you know who has this kind of pattern? I think we would be able to find people who, who are like very much like Andrew. And therefore, we would be able to kind of predict what they might do. And that's helpful for us. You know, minds are predicting machines. And it's helpful in some way to be able to predict. It's helpful, you know, it's helpful for me, for example, to know, to sort of be able to predict how you, were, you might respond or might not respond to this message. Um, because if I'm predicting you're going to respond to this message in one way, and then you really don't, um, and you respond to it according more to your personality style, let's say, um, I might be, I don't know, I might be upset or um, uncomfortable or whatever the case may be. Whereas if I, if I sort of have a, a, a good, a, a, a reasonable, there we go, a reasonable expectation based on what I know about you, and I accept that and I accept you, then, then there's, there's not going to be a problem, any problems between us. And this is, I guess, what I wanted to say about dad, right? Because I know you don't buy into the whole personality thing, but since I've, you know, had my Enneagram conversion, let's call it that, because <laughs> uh, I'm sure you see it as like, like, a, like some weird religion or something, um, but it's no more religion than psychotherapy is. Psychotherapy is a religion, sorry to tell you. And once a week you go and pray and pay, um, to have this kind of um, father figure, you know, our father who art in the psychotherapist chair. Can I tell you my woes? Um, thy kingdom come, thy story come, thy, thy story will be done. You know, I mean, because also a lot of how you frame our family stuff is not how you would have framed it before psychotherapy. You've, you've got a very psychotherapeutic, a very Freudian, frankly, very psychoanalytic um, take on our childhood now. And 150 years ago, you wouldn't have even had the words for that because there was no Freud. It's like, you know, it's like Freud has given you the stories, given all of us the stories, and now we frame our childhoods in that way. Well, It works for a lot of us. We all need framing devices. But here's the thing about dad. Dad is not Leon. He's got a different personality style. And I think you'll recognize this when I say to you that if you ask dad the questions, if you ask him about himself, 
if you, you know, I'm going around to mom and dad today and, you know, I don't know, we're going to have some fun and this is just our, this has become like our Saturday afternoon thing we do. Um, but if you say to dad, hey, dad, what was it like being in boarding school? Uh, hey, dad, um, you know, you could ask him any question, any question in the world. You could say to any question, I really believe this because, you know, um, as long as it's asked in the right way, dad will give you an answer. He won't, and he won't withhold information. And I would say that's because he's a five. He's a mental type. He's not a body type. Body types withhold. Body types are like, body types can withhold. They can be very withholding because think about it. They're like, information for them is like, it's like their shit, right? And they, and, and they can get constipated or they can be like that anal child who is like a one, like anal child, like holding on to like, I'm not giving this to you. No, I'm giving it for myself. Oh, I'm not letting this go. I'm not letting my shit go. No, that's not dad. He's a mental type. He's like, if you ask him something, it's just, it's just information in his head. So if you ask him, he's going to be, he's going to be like, okay, well, Mark is requiring this information. Goes into his hard disk drive. He's quite, he's a bit like that, right? He's a bit spockish in that way. Goes into the hard disk drive. Okay, let's find that file. Here we go, Mark. And that's how dad is, believe it or not. And I never believed that until I found out what he's, what his pattern was. And then once I knew the pattern, once I knew the algorithm, it was like, oh, I can actually ask dad anything. Now, the thing is, though, although, you know, you know, although we might, we, we might have this idea of like the father who, who says, you know, sits us down and tells us interesting things, um, which isn't him. Um, and so we don't ask questions. But once you know the pattern, you can ask questions. You can ask dad anything and he'll tell you and then you'll have the information you need and then you wouldn't need to um, hold that against him and I guess you can love him a bit more as I'm trying to love dad more and more these days. Love him for who he is, not for who he isn't. But anyway, uh, it sounds a bit preachy. I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm just saying, yeah. And I suppose in some way I'm kind of almost, I don't know. I'd sort of hope that the Enneagram, this is what everyone does when they have a conversion. Like, I hope that Jesus would bring us together. I hope that when I became a born again Christian, that would work for you too. But, um, you know, I'd hope that this sort of understanding of our, essential personalities would would also have helped us because <clears throat> i know you have your frustrations with me and vice versa and but i think once you've really accepted the the personality type once you know how it works once you know why it why it does what it does you can then forgive it you can forgive that person for being themselves um and I think, I genuinely think, although, although I am very, very disappointed with, you know, Leon and with, you know, my ex Nadia, who was very Leon in that, in, in this sort of stonewalling, don't tell you anything because to tell you something would be to give you some of my power and I don't want to give up any of my power, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Um, just, well, I suppose to put it in maybe your words that your therapist would use, you know, someone who just refuses to be vulnerable in any way, even with the people that they profess to love, they refuse to be vulnerable. 
but that's not dad. Which is not to say that when he gives you the information, you won't properly think, oh, he's being vulnerable or he won't give it in a way where you feel like, oh, he's, he's revealing his soul, his heart or whatever, right? Because that's shit, shit like that, you know, types like me do. It's not, that's not his thing. But he will give you information and you can use your psychology skills to, um, to read into that and hear into that the things you need because he will give that information to you. And then you can translate it into your, into your uh, language, your psychological and spiritual and emotional language. And I'd, I'd hope we'd be able to do more of that. But <laughs> you don't buy into the system. I know. You just think it's just gobbledygook and hogwash. And, and that's okay. That's Okay. You know, I've never been someone who's really had a, a religion per se, other than veganism, and I suppose psychotherapy to a certain extent. You know, I mean, at some level, you know, I do, I do, I, 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 I do consider, I do buy into that. I, you know, um, but, um, but I, I guess I'm discovering what it feels like to be. To be someone who, who has a way of seeing the world, and it seems like it's quite a loving way of seeing the world. It's, it's, it's actually quite loving. It's accepting. It's saying, hey, um, let's just love each other for who we are, not for who we're not or, or, for, or, or, or blame the other person for not, being, for not being us. That feels to me like a pretty good religion. I mean, it's probably quite close to the, the Jesus religion, you know, like uh, love thy neighbor. Which, which is kind of like, uh, it's like really see thy neighbor, see them for who they are and then love them. Even if you, thy neighbor is not you because they, your neighbor, they're like the personality type that sits on the, on the other side of you. So if you're, let's say, this, this, this pattern of the six and dad's the pattern of the five and I'm the pattern of the four, we actually all sit quite nicely next to each other. But we don't see, we don't see that. We, we think that there's vast differences between us. But um, actually, you and dad are sitting, sitting right next to each other. And all you need to do is just turn to him and go, hey, dad. Um, that's my theory. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I guess, uh, like a lot of my theories, it might remain purely theoretical at this point. <laughs> like a kind of, um, I don't know like a sort of an unsent voice note, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, Bruiser, um, yeah, sending you love and uh, hope you're doing okay in some shape or form. Um, probably not expecting a response to this voice note as I won't be sending it, but um, love you. Ciao. Where do I go? Follow the river. Where do I go? Follow the gods. Where is the something? Where is the someone that tells me why I live and die? Where do I go? Follow the children. 
Where do I go? Follow their smiles. Is there an answer in their sweet faces that tells me why I live and die? Follow the wind song, follow the thunder, follow the neon in young lovers' eyes. The glitter into the city where the truth lies. Where do I go? Follow the children. Where do I go? Follow their smiles. Is there an answer in their sweet faces that tells me why I live and die? Follow the wind song. Where do I go? Follow my hand. Where will they lead me? And will I ever discover why I live and die?